you great. talked to us before about brand building, and mm. I've taken that to heart. So you know, if building your if building your own brand basically revolves around you watching your own videos, Ryan, and letting them <laughs> ads play, lovely darts, son. <laughs> <laughs> whatever we need, whatever you need to do, by any means necessary. I don't so, know. Uh, I don't know how much you guys want to feed the trolls, but. I got to do that seminar in West Virginia with Barry Bourne, if you want to talk about that. I haven't yet seen it. Please do. Please tell me everything. How is he in real life? Is he? He's, he, he's insane. He's totally insane. Shetty into like a diner and they kicked him out. Like he got kicked out of his hotel like after checking in for an hour. He's crazy. Just uh, doing a little bit of stretching. I like how that I, I missed out the fact that the prof- oh, look at that look. Oh, oh. Investment, that is. That's an investment in your future. <laughs> that like a week. <laughs> I just want to start things off uh, learning from uh, prior experience. Uh, learning from prior experience with with Ryan. Uh, how was my sound, incidentally, guys? Fine. Can you hear me? Okay, everything good. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Ray, how, how's just give us a little bit of a, a check. Ray, sound check. One, two, three. No, no interference. No back noise. Wonderful. Let's uh, now. There's two um, two topics I want to discuss. First of all, Paul Lynn being the nicest guy in the world, but a bastard because. <laughs> Five five people sent me in things saying basically Paul Lynn is a bastard because he keeps having things on his desk and he leaves his mobile phone on. My phone is way over here, and like (laughs) I'm gonna, I'm not gonna explain why I have to have it on. (laughs) This is my favorite one. I must. My favorite one, which I just cracked back on, (laughs) guys. I thought this is our show. Get, Get this. This is this is amazing here. This is from Marcus R. Uh, guys, great show as always, but for Christ's sake, why does Paul Lynn always have so much background noise? I have never heard anybody on earth make as much, as much noise with ice cubes in a cup <laughs> as Paul Lynn is apparently able to do. If I wouldn't mind, but it's every week. Paul Lynn... <laughs> is to making noise with ice cubes in a cup what Devon Larratt is to eating on podcasts. <laughs> I love that. I'll take that. Hey, gentlemen, I, I, gentlemen, I consume a gallon and a half of water every day, and the one-hour increment, increments that this show takes place, I am not going to stop drinking water. <laughs> so if the ice cubes bother you, I'm not going to drink warm water. I apologize. <laughs> the ice cubes will remain. The second, second massive onslaught that we've had this week is around Super Ryan <laughs> and, and Ryan's lack of microphone. Mm. On a, <laughs> mm. 
And yeah, this pissed that... off most of the entire world. This is one of your top. I think this is one of your top rants ever, mate. Isn't it? Even I know. Like... If 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 my audio <laughs> if my audio quality was a stock market share, we've just had a big drop. We're in trouble. I think you've short... invested so much of, money of... in, in technical stuff, and yeah, a lot and it's of a different selling. microphone each week. Yeah, and if you notice, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, headset that, that that Ryan's got on is actually the free ones that you get. When you fly across America, <laughs> so, yeah, there are films. It's a fiver yeah. a film. And there Ryan's is, like, I'm it, not spending a fiver, but I'll have the headphones. There is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is going to come a time in, in an episode not too far away, maybe episode 50. Is this episode 50? 50. Hang on a second. This is episode 50. Yeah, I know. We're wheeling Danny Tesh out in about 10 minutes. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't introduced the show. You've just you've killed the magic there, Ryan. I'm not going to oh, lie. That big, that big intro that I've prepped. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, it's all gone now. I can't, I can't now wade into my technical director and say, uh, let me inform you that it is, in fact, show 5-0. Mm. Anyway, that's the reality of live TV, ladies and gentlemen, especially when you're working with children, animals, or Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got, I got ice in my glass. Watch out! Yeah, give it a wobble, mate. Hold on now, Ryan. Oh, you can't take any more heat. Let me take just, the ice cube heat. Let just me take show that him, off. Show him how it's done, Paul. Make a bit of noise, son. This is how you do it right here. You drink the, this. See, forty ounces. I got to drink like four of these a day. Yep. You got to have it. Number one, you've got to have it. This is our, our specialist instruction course on how to make as much noise as possible with ice cubes in a drink. There you go. What you need first is a very large vessel. <laughs> a large vessel. Preferably very... made out of metal. Preferably yep. made, made out of metal. But I'll take the comparison to Devin any day of the week uh, as a compliment. And uh, <laughs> a new website, collaboration between Ray and Paul, will be launching next week. Voice of making a lot of noise with ice. Going to be out. Now, I think we should probably start the show, lads. We reckon. Yeah, let's do it. Do this thing, okay? Yeah, why? Here we go, right? And this is the kind of effort we go to when we're going to launch your fifty. So, get everything standby. First of all, you need to have your glasses on. Uh, if anybody's got that, obviously Ray, you've gone with the razors this week. Oh, no, no, uh, Paul, you can't do that, mate. You're the voice of reason. You know, there's no comedy in you, son. It's about <laughs> nice. That's your angle on this show. Too nice for comedy. Yeah, too <laughs> nice for comedy. You also <laughs> got to have your props ready, ladies and gentlemen. And while we're talking props, is that in view, out of view? Is that disappearing? Yeah, yeah, there you go. got it. Rip. Okay. Have some sausages left. Oh, he gets back. Uh, yeah, don't, the, the, the sausages can be used for all kinds of things. There you go. Damn right they are. All got it. <coughs> right. Are we ready? I think it's time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the fix, mother fluffers. Neil Pickup here with you in the house, and as usual, I'm joined by our three resident co-hosts. Yes, and it's a momentous occasion as we enter February 2021. We have reached a milestone, gentlemen, yes. And for those of you who were watching the intro a moment ago, you'll have it ruined by the fingers. But it's now... <laughs> on 50. Hey! Yeah. So 50. If you're wondering, we were going to do something very special for the show, and we've done that. Uh, if you see anything purple walking across the back of Ray's background there, it might fade in and out a little bit, but you think, well, that purple thing, yes, Ray sprayed the cat. So, 
For sure, 50. The cat has been... What's the cat's name, Ray? Rue. Rue is purple. Roo. Sprayed it. <laughs> oh, we roll. <laughs> Got to do something exciting. <laughs> now then. Yeah. We're going to start things off with a very, very difficult topic. Um, which is most of our difficult topics tend to be, is Ryan's fault. <laughs> <laughs> Let me refer you to one of the number of questions that we've had in relating, well, questions and comments, really, relating to this specific thing. And I'll group them together a little bit here, but basically the nature of this is, uh, guys, Ryan put out a video this week about the position the, the, the prominence of leagues and the nece- necessity for leagues in the sport of arm wrestling. Can you guys discuss as part of the fix and let us know your opinions on the situation with Levan and Michael and what this means for arm wrestling going forward? Are we looking at a revolution and a new way of doing things? I'd like to start this off by just saying, you bastard. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> And then we'll go forward. Now, Ryan, I think it only fitting that as you started this topic, son, you mm. should pick up, pick it up and run with it, and then yeah, we yeah, can yeah. sort of all come in. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, we've, we were all obviously aware of the, the Michael and Levan factor, i.e. they were in the same location in Dubai. And clearly from Michael's perspective, there was a lot of hype coming from his channel talking about um, the potential match, uh, and a lot of a lot of the fans of the arm wrestling world eagerly keen, e- e- equally as keen to see it. Uh, a lot of polls going around, but then we saw Igor Mazarenko make make a couple of posts. One, he kind of made a personal statement, and then uh, the PAL put out an official statement. and And there were a couple of things that in there that were kind of um, kind of a little bit talking downward on Michael, talking downward on the WAL from the PAL's perspective, saying th- comments like champions only pull champions and things like that that were, were put out that kind of got a lot of people offside. I was one of the people that I thought, no, that's not a good movie. Or, um, I, so I, I think that uh, what I saw was um, just kind of a stone wall put up by Igor saying, I'm not going to permit uh, Levant to pull Michael under any other circumstances than in the top eight. And for that to happen, we would require Michael to, first of all, qualify through the Zlotti for the top eight, and then have his shot. Um, and he, he kind of talked about Michael as though he wasn't worthy, uh, given his credentials in, in the WAL. So my video that I put out was largely saying, hey, I think it was a bit rough to go with that approach. Clearly, Michael is the caliber to be worthy of a shot. I mean, uh, we all know that here on the show. He's beaten Dave Chafee, beaten Jerry Catterick, beaten Devin Larratt. He's beaten no uh, short list of people there. So... Um, that was answering that, but for me, when I touched on the, the the leagues and the the contracts, my call for the leagues was to uh, to use this period of time that we're in through to COVID, and that is subsequently going to drag on for who knows how long uh, to look to evolve and uh, to work together uh, in conjunction with each other and the athletes <clears throat> to come up with micro events as opposed to the big calendar events and um, a micro event I would just I would define as something that is much more lower budget. It's not uh, surrounded by a big tournament. It's it's just down to the two people in a pr- small production room, um, not so much an audience, but rather than just a digital pay per view. And uh, yeah, and I, I put the call out that I would love to see PALWAL work together 
to be able to produce something. Um, on the topic of where the PAL and WAL should remain, absolutely. They're the two most credible professional organizations that make us as athletes look like professional athletes. So there's no way we want it to revert to garage super matches, um, just to clarify that for the fans. But I think, personally, I'd love to see PAL and WAL work together um, to give us something uh, during this time. Now, the, the, one of the points that was raised on there is, within the questions was that you called for contracts to be abolished, or mm, contracts yeah. to go. Yep. Just me, sort of, is there the, any additional clarification for, need, that yeah, you need sure, to put sure. on that, mate? The clarification <laughs> on that was, was long-term contracts. Like, I know uh, five-year contracts that have been uh, things of the past. Now, I'm not, I'm not privy to how long PAL contracts are, but I know that Michael was on a five-year contract with the WAL and um, has felt really sort of hamstrung by that. I would love to see event-based contracts where um, we agree on a fight, we agree on a match uh, and a moment, and, and for, the, for all intents and purposes, that is a contract deal between athletes and organisations. But I don't like the idea of an athlete being locked into a league for, uh, if a, for more than a year, like to me a year maximum. Um, and the reason being, like we're seeing that right now, Levan effectively can't pull Michael because he's in a long-term contract. Um, and without that contract being evolved, um, we're just not going to see the match. So I'd love to see the PALWL look to have much shorter-term contracts and um, and work with a pay-per-view scenario where they're, they're, they're sharing with the athletes. Uh, again, much like when you, you look at fighters like Conor McGregor and that, they, and even Eddie Hall and, and Hafthor Bjornsson putting together contracts for one event. Um, I think I'd love to see it go that way. Okay. Yeah, I mean, is it, is it in some ways the nature of the beast, this guy, as we see it in so many other sports, particularly combat sports, but in, in a lot of other sports? And, if you look at, if you boil it down to scenarios with leagues all over the world, pretty much uh, in any organisation or any professional sport, if you dig deep enough, you will find that the athlete has got commitments to the league that they are competing within, um, it, or the club that they're competing for, whoever it may be. If you look at sort of a professional footballer, American football, soccer, doesn't matter which they will be competing for a team. They can't then go, you know what, this week I fancy going playing for this other team. It's just not how it works for so many reasons. And I think it's important to note, before everybody gets too carried away, that the commercial reality of life for the, the arm wrestler and the league, that, that's, that's there for their protection as well, the athlete's protection as well as the league's protection. And the other question I wanted to throw out there as well was, what if the athlete wants to be in that contract? You know? Well, that's the other thing we need to consider, because the whole uh, situation with Levan and, and, and Michael, it was almost like that that issue was gonna gonna present itself. It was always going to be an issue. But I think one of the important things is within a situation where you've got a contract, um, there are elements within that contract that can be specific to the athlete and criteria which can be specific to the scenario. And force majeure is the kind of thing I'm talking about here. Maybe there was nothing in there which talked about global pandemic. But I'll bet, I'll bet going forward on things like this, there are a lot of contracts which will have some kind of specific mention of global pandemic. Or in the event of there being a situation where you cannot uh, ensure that I am gainfully employed as an arm wrestler. Or you restrict the ability for me to make money. <clears throat> because, you know... 
Now, this is an unusual one because I, I want to play devil's advocate here a bit just to get people thinking. But in many parts of the world, the view and the perception on this is going to be biased by what's actually happened in your region. So, for example, if, you, if you're living in the Isle of Man right now and you're COVID clear, you're not too concerned about it. You're like, well, well it's all the fuss about. Go down, farm, it's no problem. But if you're living in an area like, for example, central London, that ain't the case. You, 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 you're on house arrest, effectively, apart from being able to come out and do a little bit of exercise each day because the country is in lockdown. So if you were to try and organise an event, any league that was based there was trying to organise an event, you couldn't do because it's literally illegal to do so. So the league is, 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 is also restricted in earning any money. So there's, it's, what I'm trying to get at here, guys, is it's definitely not black and white. Mm. There's a lot of grey. Mm. There's a but lot of grey. I think before, before I hand over to you guys, I, I think that... Um, one of, one of the biggest things that I that I wanted, wanted to encourage the leagues to evolve to was the YouTube revolution. There there is a uh, if we just look at earnings potential on YouTube's uh, and we look at what what um, promoters are, are usually generating through their own independent pay per views and third party contracts. The thing that's shifting at the moment is athletes are starting to earn more money independently than they've ever earned before through YouTube, and, and leagues have to be aware of that. They have to be prepared to accommodate that, because if they don't, athletes will just jump ship. I think an important distinction to make at that point, right? True statement, but important distinction to make at that point, critically important, is when you say athletes, mm-hmm. we're talking about two, three, right now. No more. Mm-hmm. You've got Devin Larratt, who has got an entity on social media. You know, he's mm-hmm. become an entity on social media. Michael Todd is up to 40,000, 40-odd thousand subscribers, so he's becoming an entity well, on making, social media. If, if, if he's making all right money already. Already he is. Yeah, you, but, you and roll yeah. on to the guy. But what I'm, what I'm saying, mate, is when you say athletes, mm. we're talking about a handful of athletes. So to be fair to leagues and organisations, I also think they would need to have a little bit of time to evolve to this. And I don't think it's beyond the wit of man for them to do that. For example... If you took Devon Larratt or Michael Todd, if they go to approach a league or speak to a major promotion, whoever that is, a new one or one they're contracted to, doesn't matter which, there's going to be a negotiation process. And that negotiation process involves various criteria. One of the key ones for which is, what do you bring to the promotion? Now, in the past, it's a fair statement to say, that if I walked into PAL as any arm wrestler in the world at a period of time, Levan Seganashvili, two years ago, walks into PAL's offices and they say to Igor Mazarenka, right, uh, want to do this contract. And Igor says, well, you're going to have the ability to earn 50 grand and he spells it out. And what do you bring, Levan? Uh, and Levan can be like, well, I'm strong as fuck. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. Mm-hmm. There wasn't anything else coming back for the league. So what I'm getting at is this isn't a, it's not casting aspersions or at any arm wrestlers. It's the, the, the reality. The fact of the matter was the expense mm-hmm. in putting on events in all the disparate elements that go up to make the event are the, from the promotion, not from the athlete. The athletes mm-hmm. are yeah. property, yeah. you know. Now, mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say that going forward, in some instances, just in some instances, there is going to be a shift there where someone like Devon could walk in, or Mike, let's say Michael, in a year goes to discuss yeah. things with WAL. He's in a very different place. Mm, Suddenly, sure. he's got 
his own brand and identity, which then could matter to World Arm Wrestling League or PAL or whoever the hell he's dealing with. Mm. So it's a different. There's a different negotiation there, and I think that same point under different guises has come up a lot of times. When you're saying, you know, athletes earn more money. 90% of athletes, if they went on YouTube for a year, won't earn a goddamn thing because they've got no following and no brand. And I don't want to sort of lead a lot of athletes down the garden path and say that that is the case because it, it kind of isn't. You have to establish the brand first. You know, even professional strongman, which is in a different place to arm wrestling right now in terms of the crowds it can draw. Mm-hmm. You've only got maybe 10 athletes in the world that have that significant social media pull and draw. And often it's based around character rather than... I mean, let's be honest, before LeVon went to Dubai, the overriding thing you get back is, oh, I never knew LeVon was like that. I never knew LeVon was like that. Yet how long has he been with PAL? Nobody knew anything about him. I didn't know he was like that. I didn't know his personality. Because you're perceived in a certain way. And he's been perceived as this giant ogre-ish individual. When uh, in actuality, he's a lovely... Yeah, he is a teddy bear. He's a lovely, lovely guy. Very nice, very endearing, very jolly giant, isn't he? You know, he's, he, yeah. And that's an angle for him. In fact, it might be a more powerful... In fact, I'm going to say it is a much more powerful angle yeah. for his development and for the draw of the athlete to portray him in that way. We've got this guy who's an absolute lovely person. When he gets to an arm wrestling table, he's a frigging machine. You know, he's... Yes. To, he, you know, the flick that's of the switch... Good. I, I, that's a really good point. Um, I think that it's misconstrued inside the arm wrestling community a lot. And we've, we've talked about it before. Um, <clears throat> guys, guys are like at that, uh, guys who are like at that elite level, um, and how, like their friend group can't understand why they haven't gotten a shot yet. A lot of times it revolves around their marketability or their willingness or lack thereof to put them put put their own personality out there to go along with the fact that they can't arm wrestle. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a valid point. And I think it's also a contrast a contrasting point between WAL and PAL. And I think Igor made it really obvious um, the PAL stance as far as arm wrestling. Like we are here for the competition aspect and that is it. That's really what I took from from his first response. Like, pure, we are pure. not, yeah, we're not, yeah, purists. We're not here to create cool guys. We're here to create what is like mm. to portray the best arm wrestling. Period. We don't care if it's you know a bunch of matches that foul out. We don't care at all. We just want to know who's the best. But then the inverse of that was the implication was that the WAL was just here for the opposite, and there was going to be absolutely no arm wrestling substance. And that, that I think, the way it came off in the translation, um, whether that was his intent or not, but it, it kind of seemed like an attack on the WAL and made the WAL look out, look, look, look to be like a joke. Whereas in the heavyweights, super heavyweights especially, I think that couldn't be any more from, more opposite than the truth. Like there, there are four of possibly the best in the world in the WAL and the super heavyweights. And I think that's, I think that kind of triggered a lot of people, um, whether they're saying it or not. But I know that, like, when I read it, I, I, I still had to step back a little bit and, and, like, consider the translation. I mean, exactly. You make, that's the point, isn't it, mate? I mean, you, a lot of it is around the translation because, um, you know, I think from the West there's a perception as well that, you know, the Eastern Europeans are this hard-faced, stone-type personas, um, which in my personal experience just 
doesn't correlate at all. When I've been over to, to Ukraine, <laughs> when I've been over to Russia competing, to, to meeting guys over there, many of whom have become my friends, you, you, it's just not the case. I'm in Levant. You know, I rest my case. Levant. Uh, the Latin. Oh, my God. The Latin's a great bloke. He is a great guy. Absolutely fantastic bloke. Lovely personality. Mega. You know, but the fact that you don't understand them and you don't understand the text, there's an enormous amount open to interpretation there, isn't there? You know, because the written word is very different from the spoken word. Right, Ray, do you speak Russian? You yes. do, don't you? Yeah. What, so you you reading it from the Russian uh, interpretation, did it look any different? Oh, no, I, I, I will check a little bit later. But I talked with Igor, like, I think a day later. After that, he called me and uh, he wa- he wanted to get my thoughts on the subject, and so we talked a little <laughs> bit. And he uh, goes like, "Ray, get on the fix, mother." Mm-hmm. This. <laughs> nah, nah, he, he was just calling me, and I, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, "What did I do?" But <laughs> I'm like, "Okay." So we talked a little bit, and um, the, the, his uh, he like what the statement he made. I believe he lives by that because he said like WL is more entertainment this is more of sport and I can even make a good case for that if you look back Engin made a post a lot of times where he said well this match won't go into armistice rankings because there were 100,000 elbow falls that's not armistice well so, wait a minute counterpoint to that straight off the bat straight off the bat before we get going I personally believe that that is a very dangerous ground to go down, to start casting aspersions one way or the other. For for a PAL to start devaluing, or Engin, and I'll say this to Engin when I get get him on the show, uh, for him to start making that kind of aspersion is utterly ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. Either way, because what about when the referee stops the match like that? And both arm wrestlers are stood at the table going, there was no infringement whatsoever, which we've seen a lot. Does that go into the rankings? You know, it, I mean, we got to you got to be careful what doesn't do it. A results are, if you're being if you're the if you're the clinical lab coat arm wrestler where everything counts, then it goes into the King rankings. End off done. Yeah. Either it's that or not. There's not gray area, and then mm. it's yeah. You know, okay, it's I, I can agree to that. But like, okay, WL has made huge change, huge changes in past two three years on regards to you know watching the first matches. You know, it was chaos all over it. It was just. Just, you know, so compared it to PL, where you have cameras looking at the elbows and the smallest elbow fall is called. So this is their perception of sport and their perception of entertainment. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that, that's, that's the difference. And again, like, we talked with Igor. He t- <laughs> I said, like, uh, about Michael, and he said he, he invited Michael, but Michael was under WL. He couldn't come, and he said, the idea of this, all of this, why is this problem uh, happening, is Igor is trying to make UFC. Pretty simple. He's trying to make UFC. And if you have someone just come in without going through that, you know, that qualification tournament, everything else, it, it messes up all the system. And and right now, and we talked about it. And I said, mm-hmm. like, you would make a lot of money with this. And he said, this is not about money. Right now, this is not about money. This when, can you just clarify the point? What you mean with the when he said Igor's trying to make UFC? Because yeah. for me, 
UFC is yeah. very much entertainment based. For God's no, sake, no, no, UFC no. the other yeah, month. But, but the still, there's, there's hierarchy. There's hierarchy. Bad mother you for title. How is that professional sport? Yeah, you know what I mean? That's like two guys. Oh, we're going to make a title. It's called BMF, the bad motherfucker. That's, I can't help but feel like Eagle is saying that's what he wants to do, but he really just wants the oh monopoly. Oh my God, Michael, just and, look at that. And he's what really I, just trying to Michael just arm. lost some brownie points there because Ryan has sailed into the top spot. <laughs> oh, he's frozen. <laughs> what the? Yeah. But oh, man. We, we talked about it in... Frozen. The, you're not frozen. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I can good. see everyone. I'm Did anybody else freeze up there? I froze nope. up like a mother fluffer. <laughs> no. no. We're good. We're right, good. okay. Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 sweet child of mine. Clear break point, and I'm going to start the recording again because I don't want to risk that being. It was too fucking awesome. <laughs> Just something weird going on with your end, but um, it's as hell. I don't know. I don't know what was going on there, but I can see you're not right. Go, Ray. All right. <clears throat> so the the point that Ray made about Igor and his uh, aspirations to make it a UFC, I honestly, I think he's using that. That might be the reason he's saying that, but the true reason is he's trying to create a monopoly for his league, and and he's trying to strong arm Michael Todd. Into if he wants a shot at Levan, he's got to come join his league. That, I, I think he's seeing WAL as a competition, and he's trying to win the fight. Well, I think I think I want to make a point when Ray was talking about like um, the PAL trying to be the UFC, um, and that you have to come up in the ranks. And I, I think that there's another aspect to that. And if you look at like I, I love to use certain fighters as as a comparison, but Conor McGregor like storm the UFC scene without with very little um early like like journeyman style fights. He came in with such charisma that he got a shot very, very quickly and then sustained a high level. And if you look at Connor, like when we talked earlier about like the value the value added and the differences in contracts per athlete. Connor may not be at the pinnacle right now but he is still going to be a very highly paid athlete for his ability to promote his his charisma off outside of the octagon but in front of the camera so the valuation of the fighters themselves can be so much different and like Levon just seeing him in Dubai shows that he has more value than just a just a really strong arm wrestler i thought his personality really kind of shine shine through and i think that there's a there is some to kind of promoting him, he's not just this this giant mean looking guy. He's actually a nice guy, and w- watching him interact with Michael, I think really pushed his stock up. Um, and and I think that that's something that's out there for Igor and the PAL really to capitalize on. That could be going on their social media. They could really work him into something next level. Yes, yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, the thing, the thing, sorry, anyway, it was my fault because I interrupted when Ray was talking about his point with Igor. And I want to let Ray freeform on that again and go and get cracked on. Because, sorry, mate, you spoke to Igor and you're up to the point where you were saying that he was um, trying to make UFC. You could you could see where he was coming from. So I want to sort of kind of hear your, oh, for fuck's sake. Why is it locked up again? 
I'm gonna drink my ice water during this break, so <laughs> just waiting for you yeah. to come back, lads. Right, okay, you're back. I'll tell you what. Did you hear any of that? Could you hear what I said then? We got all of it. Well, I'll tell you what. If this carries on, I'm going to go out into the uh, night air and shut my penis in a car door <laughs> just to take the pain away. I'll tell you what. That's driving me insane. Talk about mm. on-air dick punch. Okay. Sorry, Ray. <laughs> You want to pick up, mate, what, you, what the point you were making? Dave. So the, the idea behind all this top eight was to create rosters on each classes, a similar style as UFC. So you would have tournaments and everything else. The plan for 2020 was, as I remember, 105 kilo class for men and maybe something for women, and then next year add two classes. But the idea is to build that one, one, one. Like uh, you have. 95, 105 plus, like open, super heavyweights, the armor still there, so you have a brand already made, and you, you have people watching, you have money flowing in, so you can get more people involved, more people involved, that, that would, that was the big idea behind it, and it's, it's still, you want to create that, like, you have to qualify here, like, everyone qualified, Chafee qualified, Crossimir won left hand and uh, lost to to Saliva, I guess, right hand. He still qualified. He he had to go and qualify and have that match. That's that's the big idea. I understand the situation. I would love to see that match. I have no problem with that. But when someone is trying to create like a system and system that everyone knows, so there's no back doors for anyone, no matter how how good you are, how big you are. And I, I and I believe right now, like we talked about like uh everyone making their brands. Right now it's an option for, for very few. I guess in five, three, five years it will be a different scenery. Because the bigger armistling is, the bigger like the the top guys will be if they know how to promote themselves. So like everyone watches Conor McGregor fights, he's the best attraction in UFC. Because, like, there are as much UFC fans as there are McGregor fans. And maybe more McGregor fans than there are UFC fans. So that's the idea. Right now, we're just limited to how many Devon Lorette fans there are and how many of them want to watch something else that's not Devon. So as Armistling expands, the maybe these uh, champions coming in from different leagues, like maybe Nomad League will, will you know, skyrocket. You know, and they will start doing contracts with, or, or something like that. Then they come in. Right now, I just don't see it as an option because they are in a stage of making it. And I'm not mad about that. I want to see the match. I my, really want to see the match. My problem with that is that's all well and good, but there is no opportunity oh. for a season right now. There's just the, the PAL cannot put together a season because of the international travel re- restraints. So... In, yeah. So yeah. Igor yeah. is electing to have no season at all instead of having Something. some vendettas in the meantime. Yeah. So he has right. a chance exactly. to have an individual vendetta until we get to a point where the world opens up and a season can be certain that we we have it on again. Because he, he he's not going to be able to get a top eight season this year. I'll bet I'll bet money on that right now that the right. top eight season will not happen mm-hmm. this year. No way. Um, well, I think international it, it, travel it, it, is too hard. It's not just Igor, you know. It's all it's it's the WWE. Exactly. You know, like any one of these leagues could be finding a common ground and a compromise right now. And I know, mm-hmm. like, like production value and sponsors are a big deal. I understand the business aspect of it enough 
to understand why certain things aren't happening. But I just I, I can't help but believe what Ryan's saying is is there there are other options out there. And and maybe maybe that slice of the pie isn't quite as big when it comes to business, but at least you're you're continuing the product. And I think the importance of like continuing that hype train, like there's a lot that, that could have happened in this year that would have kept, you know, the hype associated around like the top guys in arm wrestling going. Mm. And Nomad yeah. is such a great well, example. Yeah, they capitalized it on it. They can't close doors. They already, like today, like uh, we'll have Sandy Shedis, uh, Andre Ciprano, Armasling, Bojidar, Makaro, you know. They, they're setting up behind closed doors, just camera, guy, not, no one else, no one's involved, you know. Uh, I, I really would love to see that. You know what I mean? It's a responsible approach to the pandemic. You know? there, also will be, there also will be a situation where we need to think about the reality of life. I understand what you're saying there, Ray, in terms of, yeah, this is what Igor's trying to do. Great. And I let me tell you now, I'm a huge fan of the Professional Arm Wrestling League. I love the PAL. Worked with the PAL a lot um, and would always support the PAL. I think they're a very valuable entity in the sport. They do a great deal for arm wrestling on a massive amount of levels. Their equipment's amazing. The uh, promotions they do are extremely professionally run, well-produced. They portray the, the, the sport in a good way. I can't say enough good about them. Um, what I would say as a counterpoint is, regardless of anybody's objectives and aspirations, there will always be alternative promotions and leagues. There just will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, the reality of the situation is there. If you're trying to get to a scenario where... Um, Okay, this is what we want to do. We want to create a roster. We want to create all these things. Of course, every every arm wrestling promotion and league will have a similar aspiration. What you're looking at within there is the governance of that. The way that the league is uh, structured and set up is going to appeal to one set of people and less so to another. The 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 rigidity of the the structure and the manner in which the promotion is set out for the athletes will appeal to some athletes and not for others. For example, if you're Devon Larratt or Michael Todd walking in there. Maybe Travis Bajan or somebody else with a uh, a certain set of uh, objectives of your own around your brand, around what you want to retain, what you don't want to retain. That monopolization can be a problem because you think, well, no, I want to get the big matches, but I'm not going to be able to set my stall out to pull these set of guys because from what they're doing, they're happy within this league. They're happy within the PAL. They're happy within... Nomad, they're happy within TAL, whatever it may be. So I don't think we can paint this utopia, this picture where, you know, everybody can just pull anybody. I don't think that will ever be the case. I think you'll always have a set of criteria where without the arm wrestler having enough clout, as they did in Conor McGregor Mayweather. <coughs> Conor McGregor and Mayweather were so significant as an entity that they genuinely could step outside of that and offer enough value to the respective people that they work with, where, yeah, it was viable. They both raised their stock. That stock then comes back into, uh, in Connor's case, the UFC, and a tide comes with it. Now, I, I, don't, I, think, I think arm wrestling's miles away from that, absolutely mm. miles away from that. So I think it's very important that there isn't a wave of negativity washing over the PAL, washing over the WAL, and I definitely don't think it's healthy to have the PAL and the WAL knocking lumps out of each other. To be fair to the WAL, 
not a word of criticism around the PAL. At no point have they criticised yeah. anything that's been said or done uh, in that respect. Yeah. You know, and until I heard Igor say it myself and understood what he said, I wouldn't be reading a lot into what had been said by Igor either because it's just a written translation. I haven't heard him say it. Obviously, it's you different know, for you, Neil, Ray, because Neil. you understand what's been said. Um, I, I, I agree with, with what you're saying there, Neil, but I, I disagree on a, on a, in, a, in a sense in that uh, I think, let, let's say, Michael Todd, yeah, Michael Todd's not making huge amounts of money on his YouTube channel, but let's say this, let's say he was at 200,000, 300,000 subscribers. Uh, I think, well, let's say, heaven forbid, he was at uh, arm wrestling TV level. So he's at the million subscriber level. If if Michael was at the million subscriber level, he would have just pulled Levan anyway. He would have said, who cares? We don't need a league right now. Let's just do it right here. I don't care if it's casual. I want to know. You want to know. Let's do it. And I'll, uh, and they would have made enough money. So they're, they're right, would he? right now. Really? No, yeah, he would have. He would have. Like, Why? He, well, just revenue. look at look at the look at the revenue that a that a, a million subscriber YouTube channel is making. It's real. It's 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 very it's way more real than any arm wrestler has seen in in the prize money from a league in a year. So why 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 do Logan Paul and KSI go through promotions then? Because their sport's big enough that they get paid even more if they go the league route. For, for us right now, a league... Yeah, well, they, well if, Michael if, would be paid even more if he went the league no, route. No, no, but no, 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 but no, what I'm saying, what so. I'm saying is right now, if you're Levan Sangadishvili, you can win $50,000 in the in the top eight uh, by winning that, and maybe you get a few more appearance fees along the way, so you might make 70 grand, 80 grand in a year from arm wrestling. If you're Larry Wheels level uh, YouTube channel, you'll make that in a month from yeah. a good from good videos. So, no, you're missing my point, Ryan. What I'm saying is, drives only Lamborghinis. So you you could have exactly. the endorsement. You could have an endorsement of the match, utilizing one or other league, and still retain the rights to the match in many ways. Yes, Why yes, not? Yes, yes. But, but as long as, like I said, it's negotiation there, which doesn't yet exist. That's yeah, what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about. It, but it's what, I'm, what I'm saying is, in the current scenario where you've got a neither league actually providing with a viable solution, they're not willing to work together, and there's no opportunity to do it under their banner if that had been the exact case but Michael had 500,000 subscribers and was going to make $30,000 off the video anyway he would have just done it he wouldn't have asked anyone he would have just said hey just like he pulled Devin in the garage he would have pulled Levan in the garage and they would have made $30,000 in revenue from that video well that's so all saying, made. whereas if you've got somebody handling all of the other things the merchandising the marketing the 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 the, 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 the all the other things then the, the, what you can capitalise on changes dramatically. For example, you talked about uh, Thor Bjornsson and Eddie Hall. Thor mm-hmm. Bjornsson and Eddie Hall are both massive on YouTube. Eddie Hall's, you know, 1.6, 1.7 million subs. He didn't yeah. just do it on his own YouTube channel. He yeah, found a promotion because he wants all the elements that are attached to that, all the other mo- money-making opportunities. He doesn't it, want all the donkey a- work. He wants to train for the fucking fight. Yeah, but the thing is, there there is a... The combined sum of going with the, the the organization, if it's greater than the combined sum of not going with the great on the YouTube channel, then yeah, of course you're going to go over here. And for Eddie, it is over here in the organizations. But mm-hmm. for arm wrestlers, because because arm wrestling isn't a big enough sport yet that it, our promoters aren't bringing in enough money to warrant it. And I'm, what I'm saying is YouTube right now for certain athletes 
is actually no. way ahead of what the promoters can ever because offer. you're gonna make money yeah. not only for that 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 one month, you're going to make money all the time. I don't see those two elements. The bit bit that I'm not joining up on here, guys, is I don't see those two elements as separate. I see them as joined. The the reason I'm saying that they're separate is because Igor just killed the ability for Levan to pull Michael. They they didn't pull on YouTube because they're they're, they're worried about their contracts. So Mm -hmm. uh, what I'm saying is if the money was higher on YouTube, they would have just done it anyway. So I'm saying at the moment they're not joined. Right now it is where it is, Ryan. But Mm -hmm. I think what Igor will find and what the WL will find or any other promotion, there will be a slight changing in terms of how those things are done. I am sure that if you were speaking to someone like Steve Kaplan, who is ultimately a businessman, he would be absolutely aware of the fact that if somebody came to him with enough of a brand um, that commanded an enormous amount of social media following, that he would be negotiating very differently to if he was speaking to someone who was a relative unknown. Just a a completely different set of criteria. Mm. And I don't think he would be under any illusions about that. And I don't think that Igor would be. And if he is, then well, I guess what I'm saying is I think the, the YouTube channels are evolving so quickly right now that, that perhaps people like Igor haven't yet realised that that is the case. That they're athletes to Igor, are, how many of, Ryan? How, how well, many? The, the, the two in question, Mike, Michael and Levan, uh, those two Levan in question... Levan has a lot of social media following. The well, only two but, I know of that when, are big is Devin yeah, and Michael. You can monetize... Right, the fact you've got Larry, you, you've, got these, you've got Larry's channel with 1.5 million subscribers right there with, they could have pulled on Larry's channel. They could have put up PAL banners in the background. They could have put WOL banners in the background. They could have pulled on Larry's channel, had had 1.5 million people watching. And the the, the revenue they would have generated off that would have been significant. I don't know whether they'd have 1.5 million people watching. I, I don't know. I know he's got I, 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 1.5 that, million that, that match would go past 1.5 million views for sure. It wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen on the first day, but it'd, it'd it happen. Would go, it'd it'd go past 1.5 million views, but it might not go past 1.5 million views if it cost the tenor to watch it. No, but that's you true. Can, but you, you, okay, but uh, you you can make a pay per view like we said before. You can easily make a pay per view for you, you make for, a live. Pay- can, but, yeah, but, but and then the will be attached to the two, won't they? You know, if you put it no. if you put it as a five dollar pay per view as a ten dollar pay per view. The number of views will be intrinsically linked to the cost yes, of that. Oh, we, two, oh, you know. two, two products, Neil. You've got the live pay per view, and then you've got 36 hours later the, the posted match. The, the posted match that's free is going to be the one that goes to 2 million views. But you're still going to get the $100,000 in pay per view from the live event. You're going to, you're going to do both. And that could, have, that could think, have been done on Larry's channel right there. I don't think that there's question at all that, you know, either league or both leagues combined could have made money and made it happen. I think uh, the thing that we're kind of that I, I'm still kind of hung up on is is the response by Igor because um, it it didn't seem like a money thing. It seemed more like a principal thing, um, which in a way I understand, you know. But I, I still think like when it comes down to like you have this opportunity to see a match that I think everybody wants to see, um, and I get <clears throat> I get the principle behind what Igor is trying to create, and, and I admire it, you know. Um, but then there's also like you know we're 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 in a year of stagnation. This is a, a give great us something to give, give us something that we want to see, and maybe make some money and and take a step forward. And, you know, that 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 to me was my frustration after reading all that in the translation. Yeah, because there's a number. This is no ordinary year for anyone. 
I mean, you know, like I said at the start of this piece, the the, the, the sort of force majeure element. If ever we've seen uh, a clear and present example of exactly what that relates to, this is probably it. Yeah. You know, where, okay, well, how many times are going to arm wrestle this year? And if the PAL contract, I'm sure with Levan, will have said, okay, you're going to compete in these rounds of the top eight and you will get an amount of money for each time you compete. And if you win the top eight, you get the $50,000 prize money, whatever that may be. And I have no doubt whatsoever that when Igor and Levan entered into that contract, that both men, Levan as well as Igor, both felt that that would happen. You know, this is what's going to happen. And had there not been COVID-19, I'm sure it would have done. I don't think for one minute that Igor would not have run yeah. those events and that uh, Levan wouldn't have been paid. The, the, the downside of the whole situation is that with the best intention in the world, PAL couldn't put on those events because it is literally impossible to do so. So it's a very, very grey area, isn't it? It's like who's right, That's who's good. wrong. If you're the, you know, you can't cut, throw stones at the PAL for not doing events. Bloody hell, they haven't. It's not been possible. If they put on the event, they can't fly the athletes in half the time. So, That's it. right, it's it's, it's very grey. The fine print. Yeah, it's the, it's the like okay, we understand there was a contract in place and this global pandemic happened that everybody's dealing with at their job, with their family, and everything. we understand, like, what's going on. And that that, in a way, kind of nullifies what was on that contract that is, you know, um, <clears throat> promised to the athlete. But in the inverse, is like, okay, well, if the athlete is now in that same pandemic situation and has an opportunity to do something really cool to promote themselves, their brand, maybe make some money, it's it's very questionable to restrict them. Like blatantly say, no, this will not happen. But yet there's no way, based on the current situation of the globe, to allow them to do anything for themselves. So that's where it becomes kind of precarious when you, when you listen to the, the explanation. It's like, okay, well, we, we know that, you know, the league is getting screwed over by the situation. But now it's on us, like, you know, the year of content. Everybody's going out and doing stuff and trying to find stuff to keep their sanity. Um, to, to take that same contract or the same league restrictions and apply them during this pandemic is also kind of questionable. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see when um, when when things do come up for air, whether any contracts that, that are agreed with people have things like that in. Yeah. So they will say, you know, in, in the event of a global pandemic where I'm not able to uh, provide any arm wrestling matches, then the agreements within the contract are effectively on hold on, on the shelf. And it, it kind of has to, right? It kind of has to. It, like, moving forward, everything in our life kind of has to be built around the preparedness for situations like this now. And I think it's got everybody, like, hyper-aware, oh you know, God. based on Stop losing 12 it, months of our lives. You know, now, you know, we're, you know, looking at a contract, because I'm in the same boat, like in, like with the WAL. I got a contract, and I didn't even, I, I, I mean, I... I largely didn't read the fine print. I was like, wait, this is the coolest thing ever. Let me just sign it. You know what I mean? So, like, now you're kind of hyper-aware uh, moving forward. That, hey, what happens if this, the league stagnates? And I was thinking about this quite a lot course. the other day. The other point to make on that was, I mean, I've spoken about this quite a bit on, on future broadcasts. The one thing, that, you know, people can say, oh, Neil, be biased with the, with the WL and so on. Let me just make one point really clear, though. And this is unbiased. This is just a fact. Nobody's actually been blocked by the WAL from competing yet that I'm aware of. Can anybody correct me on that? Because I'm not aware of anybody that's been blocked um, from competing. Um, yeah. IFA, IFA Michael Fox competed. Uh, Todd Zillas competed. Justin Bishop's competed. Matt Mass competed. And more. You know what yeah. I mean? A lot of pullers have competed. 
So I'm not I, sure that anybody's yeah. been blocked yet. But, uh, I, I, I know that in the background, I, I've I've been told like because I'm saying Ryan, this... you pulled up again, mate. Just, just oh, go again, Ryan. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're back, mate. Apologies. No, that's cool. I know that I've been told by the WAL when I've been in seasons where I was coming to the USA to promote matches and stuff like that on just my own little venture. I've, I've kind of been told, here's the here's the criteria of matches you can ask for and here's the criteria of matches you can't ask for. So I, I, I never asked for the matches that I knew I couldn't have um, because they were involving WAL athletes. And, and especially once yeah. I became a WA athlete, it, it, like, so th- there are certain blocks and restrictions on there for sure. And and you're aware that if you want a WAL athlete, you, you have to jump through certain hoops to make it make it yeah. possible. Um, were, there so reasonable, not... were there reasonable requests, Ryan? Yeah, reasonable, yeah, for sure. Now, if you'd have, if you'd have said to the WAL, right, I want to pull this PAL guy, wouldn't they have blocked you? No, 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 that'd be fine. Yeah. Well, that's it for show fifty. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's kind of a it's kind of an interesting one, though, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's yeah. the you know it's nice to get some of the myth and legend out there. Because Ryan, you are a, a WAL athlete. Paul, you're a WAL athlete. I'm not a WAL athlete. I present yeah. for them, do other stuff, but I don't compete for them. So I'm not going to I'm not going to restrictive arm wrestling contract. But I wanted to ask you two guys of that because I wasn't aware of anybody. Nobody's called me and said, oh Neil, can you give us a lift with this with WL because they've just blocked me from pulling this. They, I, I've yeah, never had that. There, there is some. There is some. Um, I know um, Sean Hancock, um, who's kind of partnered up with the PAL and IFA now and IRPA and everything else that they're doing. He hosts Mississippi State and some big tournaments down south, um, and he's reached out for some WAL athletes that were not approved. But so, he was, but he was a PAL tournament. Yeah, associated. No, I understand. understand You know, if if the WL came in and said, "Okay, we want to use Lavan, Vitali, and Prudnik," of course the PAL are going to be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, sweet child of mine," and for obvious reasons. I I wonder though um, if that might have anything to do with the climate that was recently expressed by Igor as far as the perspective on the WAL as of late. And I don't know, maybe I'm like, I might be reaching. I might be reaching, but I know Sean and, and, and Igor, you know, Sean's kind of like Igor's representative in this country. Um, and I think that that got a little weird um, when Sean was requesting folks and communicating with, with WAL. So I don't know. I mean, I could be totally reaching. But from the inside, I know that there was communication there. And I wonder, I mean, I guess Ray would be the only one to find out by calling Igor and talking to him. But that, I, I, I can't help but think in my conspiracy theory head that there might be something going on there as far as the, the associated climate. Well, you know what, I'd like, just on that point, I'd love to get Igor and Carol on the show. Right. And just speak, just speak to them both. Because, you know, they're pretty open lads. I'm sure they'll be, you know, and, and they'll probably, like Ray said earlier on, they're not, coming, they're not the big bad wolf. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if all the perspectives are wrong. You know, you know what I mean? And and they're, they're, the whole perspective is totally different. You know, it's just mm-hmm. kind of how it how it came off in the translation. Yeah, it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because I mean, Ray, you've got a better perspective on the translation, the whole translation thing, and you've definitely got that because you've actually spoken to Igor. You know, uh, oh God, he's just locked up on me again. Show fifty. I have some <laughs> high aspirations for show fifty, and it's turned out that show fifty is locked up. More than any show. 
in the history, not for us. We're saying it's it's every time we talk about Igor, it locks up. So he's yeah. sending in the, uh, yeah. the hackers. I blame, I blame the leads. The leads. <laughs> podcast blocking me. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I don't know, guys. I mean, it's a difficult one. The whole Lavan and Michael match, I feel like, is only warming up yet. Yeah. I feel like it's a scenario which is going to play out one way or another. Yeah, the worst thing about it is, right? Like, it, we, Igor gets on and says, hey, guys, this will not happen. And for like three seconds on the internet, people gave it up and said, oh, Igor said no. And then, like, fast forward one day later, and everybody's talking about it even more now. So it's like, I don't think that the, I don't think that the fans are going to relinquish, <laughs> like, yeah. their fixation on this match. Like, it's, it's honestly almost like the denial of it is making it more of a thing. Yeah. Like, it has to happen now. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, it's it all happen. about timing. It's all about timing, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I mean, are we in the same situation? Uh, at what at what point do you, do 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 we the, do any of the promotions start having conversations with their athletes and saying, okay, you know what, um, it's looking like we're not going to be able to do anything for the rest of this year. Uh, therefore, because of the fact we're not able to do anything for the rest of this year, we're going to have to amend a few things within the agreement, and there's a degree of uh, ability for you guys to go out and pull in other scenarios. I don't know. Uh, when does that kind of thing take place? And it was at this point that I realised that all of that, you were all frozen up. Did you hear a goddamn thing I yeah, said? We heard you. We, we heard, heard it. We heard it. We heard it. I love it. Okay. You looked very attentive on my screen, all of you. Outrageous. And you, as you are yeah. now, raise midpoint. If this is coming through on the record, guys, uh, that'll be great because yeah, you'll understand what I'm talking yeah. about. If, however, when the recording comes out, all of these guys look like they're not frozen, <laughs> I am going to feel like an absolute. We're not, we're not frozen. It's just Neil. <laughs> <laughs> guys, <laughs> episode 50 happening again next week. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like we need to do show 50B. Yeah. <laughs> a side and B side, yeah. Yeah, freaking yeah. A side and B side. This was what happened when we did. I knew it was screwed when Ryan gave away the Show 50 build up straight away. I thought, oh God, it's gone south already. We haven't even got started yet. We're in the precursor bit. I- I'm the only one who dressed up like a woo woo. <laughs> Holy Christ, he is as well. Oh. He's come in as uh, Hellraiser, right? Yeah, right. I- I- I br- Ryan told us, and no one came. Oh, all right. I, I did come as John Brzezink, so right. that's the John Brzezink, is it? Yeah. These glasses are. That's Paul. That, that's you, wait a minute, you come as John Brzezink. Let's just—that's it. That was your dis- disguise. Yeah. Well, in that case, I've come as Sarah Backman, you bastard. Because <laughs> you know what I mean. Holy Christ! Yeah, COVID hasn't been good to Sarah. No, it wasn't. Yes, she's never looked rougher. Oh, no. Yeah, next week, ladies and gentlemen, I will be back as Nancy Locke. (laughs) Now, second issue I've got, lads. We're 30 minutes into this second part of Show 50. I have no idea how long we were on the first part of Show 50 for. Hour. We're already hour in. We're We're an hour hour and seven seven minutes. Oh. 
Hour and ten minutes. So, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, I just want to mention very quickly uh, our sponsor for the fix. As always, this show is brought to you, show 50, exclusively by Western Survivor Beef Jerky, mother fluffers. The finest beef jerky in the world. And remember, www.westernsurvivor.ca and you too can have as much spicy sausage as you can handle. <laughs> we have so much to discuss in show 50 that we haven't got round to. We got quite emotional there. We got quite, in, I feel like we, I feel like we fairly, we all committed quite a bit in there. And I feel like also, Show 51 will be doing shortly, so that won't have it in there. But I feel like Show 52, this subject might come back quite hard. You know? I don't think this is over yet. So Show 51 will be uh, probably a bit chilled out by comparison to this. We'll address a couple of fan questions and we'll talk about other things that have gone on in the sport that are far more relaxed and light-hearted. But if you've enjoyed Show 50, ladies and gentlemen, and you've got anything to say on what we've talked about, Please put your comments. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little scared about that as well, Ray. Put your comments down. <laughs> That's John percent Come on. We yeah. <laughs> put your comments down below, ladies and gents, and uh, we will get to them and we'll pick them up in probably show 52. There he is, the razor. <laughs> so. Ladies and gents, before we wrap it off, I just want to say a massive thanks to all my resident guests on this. Remember, links in the description to where you can find and see more of these lads. We've got Paul Lynn, the white hawk of lethal arms apparel. We've got the voice of arm wrestling, Molly Rice. Really there it is. Yeah. I've got some major issue with that arm there, son, but I'm not talking. <laughs> it looked like you lost your hand or something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quite weird there. Freaked me out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, no, it's back. You're looking at what are you doing there? And last but not least, ladies and gentlemen, if you were looking at the bottom uh, corner of your screen there and thinking, oh, John Brazink's over at Ryan's place. No. It is, in fact, Ryan Blueborn, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. The man you can always rely on to piss off the entire world. We've all, how long have we got before we do show 51? About, what, five minutes while we all get a brew? And I'm sure that in that period of time, Ryan will manage to piss somebody else off. Until we see you next time, here on the Supernatural Strength Channel, take it easy, peeps. What grabs your eyes on that, if anything? <laughs>